Hey everyone, welcome back to One Shot at a Time. I'm your forever DM, Daniel Locke. What's the prompt? <laughs> yes, this week I have the prompt. The prompt is going to be a uh, Night of the Full Moon, a uh, game I've been playing recently. And I'll get into it more later after these messages. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do next weekend with your friends? Well, why not make a one-shot adventure? Thank you for listening to us, because that's what we're going to do right now. We're at one shot at a time. This is a weird opening. I'm sorry. Fuck, what is this bit? I don't know. You should have thrown to an ad to open your podcast? Yeah, it's an ad. Yeah, so we're a podcast. We take one-shot adventures. We take random prompts and turn them into one-shot adventures. Usually within an hour. We try. You could have just said that. I could have. But then I lost my train of thought. I've been trying to do stand-up, and then mm. I lose my thought a lot. What'd you ask me earlier? Um, I don't know. You fucked me up, too. <laughs> Is the ad throw? Are back, we back throw you? Are we back from the a break? back throw? Yeah. Reuse back throw. Good callback to the last episode. <laughs> no, it's not. Is that the prompt for this episode? Is Street Fighter? Yeah, Street Fighter. Back We're finishing throw. the fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Halo Street Fighter. The right. I two. mean, we promised the fans Street Fighter last episode, and we didn't give them enough, so right. we have to give them more. Okay. Um, the prompt for this week is a game I've been playing recently on my phone called Night of the Full Moon. Oh, you know, I might actually know this game. Oh. Okay, go Is ahead. Is it like Little Red Robin Hood? Little Red Robin Hood? Roguelike? Yeah, Little Red Riding Hood roguelike, yeah. Oh, right, okay. That's yeah. a Freudian slip. Mm-hmm, yeah, just I only... I love Robin Hood. Yeah, only only Robin Hood. Robin yeah. Hood's little to you. Yeah, um... Little Red Robin Hood. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, explain the game. I, I've only played like five minutes of it night of the full moon is kind of like a grim fairy tale take of little red riding hood the way the game works is it's a deck builder game although recently they've created a auto chess battler what um but the the meat of the game is the card battler yes the yeah. meat of the game is the card battler okay yeah and it's a roguelike game for those who don't know what a roguelike is it's each time you fight something you get a random man this is hard to explain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm <laughs> how to ex- so excited to just trip all over this explanation <laughs> how to explain this to a caveman uh you you're rogue and you sneak attack on all of your abilities no that's not how that works <laughs> what i don't know is that a reference to something D D. This podcast isn't about D&D. No, it is about a D&D. <laughs> We're a D&D podcast. I didn't even mention that in the beginning. What the fuck happened? Well, we cut to ad, and then we cut to an ad break, and I don't know what happened. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to One Shot <laughs> at a Time. I'll uh, take it. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, the game is a roguelike. Essentially, every new stage you enter, you get a random new card that you can add to your deck that you choose from. Um, there's a few other details, but the base concept is that each time you beat something, you get a new card, and then you move forward throughout the stage until you fight a boss, and then you keep going until you beat the final boss. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. The The basis of roguelikes is uh, you sort of have one life, and every time you restart one the life. game, do know. not miss your chance to blow and no, say no to hoes. Oh, good. Uh, thank you. You saved my freestyle. You're welcome. Yeah, the, the, the basis is that you have one life, and every time you play the game, everything is sort of randomized. And so not only is, like, level layouts and, like, enemies randomized, it's also, like, the mm. items you get are randomized. Yep. So it's kind of like a you never know what you're going to get kind of thing. Yeah. So when you get a little bit more into the details of this specific game, you play as Red Riding Hood, and you're on a quest to find your grandmother that has gone missing. There's a lot more lore as you play the game more, and it reveals different things about the enemies and the storylines, but you can essentially take Red Riding Hood from like multiple different classes, 
So Red Riding mm. Hood could either be like a fighter, a ranger, a cleric. Eventually they developed like classes like magician and soul reaper, okay. which is really cool. And they have like different decks and cards that they can accumulate and often different play styles. As the game progresses, like Daniel says, you'll fight different enemies. And the way it sets up is like you have three tiles that pop up and you can pick like an enemy, a chest or a shop. And then they randomize. Sometimes you only get enemies. And after every certain amount of fights, you fight a boss and then you keep moving on until you fight the final boss. Cool. So what inspires you about this? Yeah, so I really like this game. I've been playing this a lot recently because they came out with a recent auto chess mirror mode, which, Daniel, can you explain what auto chess is? Because I'm not good at this. Uh, Okay, I am struggling because I don't know if I should introduce myself. Oh, have you not introduced yourself yet? I have not. Oh, please introduce yourself. All right, I'm Daniel. Are you? What are you doing to me, man? (laughs) Which Daniel are you? I'm Daniel Lee. I'm about to explain Auto Chess. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. So Auto Chess started out as a mod for Dota 2. Uh, It was like a workshop game. And basically what happened was it's, uh, you have a, I think it's like a 9 by 9 grid. Maybe it's 10 by 10. And that's your kind of like playing board. And then every round you get a new unit and then you place the unit on your board and then the units kind of like auto battle every round and mm-hmm. you fight other players and they you fight their sort of like unit composition. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's actually a pretty simple game. Yeah, and the only difference Night of the Full Moon really does is they incorporate characters from the card game and you don't fight other players, you fight a auto- randomly generated enemy. Yeah. yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, not a player. No one's real on the other side. Right. Everything's a lie. Mm-hmm. You're in the Matrix. Wake up! Wake up! Wake me up! That's a, that's a lot of songs that involve waking up. Anyways. Hey there, Delilah. No, that's not a song. Absolutely. I don't think they mentioned waking up. No, not at all. Um, Yeah. But the reason I also bring this up is that the game itself's lore is actually, it tells the story of Little Red Riding Hood in a unique way because she's an adventurer already. She's like a skilled fighter. And then she goes into the forest, which is uh, littered with monsters, to find her grandmother. Sure. And constantly during the beginning of the first time you play, or at least the first route you go through, you constantly hear that there's a big bad werewolf in the forest, and you have to be careful. Following mm-hmm. the standard storyline of Little Red Riding Hood, Yep. as you play through, the first one you probably run into is the werewolf at the end of the first route. And for some reason, the storyline ends with you not killing the werewolf, but you never find your grandmother. And then the game keeps looping, and it turns out that like you're actually playing through multiple timelines variations of sure. Little Red, as she's trying to re-enter the forest searching for her grandmother. And for some reason, she's stuck in this, like, Groundhog Day effect. Sure, yeah, kind of like a Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. All you need is kill. Yeah, those are... I don't know that reference, I'm sorry. Oh, the Edge of Tomorrow is actually based off of, like, a Japanese novel. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's like, just fully... Like, the story is taken from it they mention it in the credits like oh. they didn't like you know plagiarize okay gotcha, yeah gotcha. but it's it's inspired by a series called all you need is kill i would be surprised which is a really stupid name oh really um yeah all you need is kill is just a yeah, that doesn't name. sound stupid to you yeah it sounds dumb as fuck I just <laughs> want to check. okay sanity check <laughs> sanity check yeah. please uh roll for save yeah but i like the concept of like this looping timeline i really I, i'm actually personally as a dm just a sucker for timeline based stories especially when they're looping and sure. you have to deal with like the causality effects and what happens when timelines go wire i think that was like one of the one shots i played with you first oh yeah mm-hmm. right 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 yeah it's interesting i like when they do it in games because games are the perfect medium for like why would there be someone who 
can get through this super perilous situation, but like somehow just happen to do everything in the right order. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, well, he has infinite lives and he's just reloading checkpoints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. It's kind of like a meta take on like Mm -hmm. what a video game is. Yeah. So in this one, like that aspect of the game is one of the key points that really catches interest in me, the timeline effect. Um, And I really like the setting of this world. You're in a village. You later find out that in this village, spoilers, Little Red's family actually was part of like, they're like essentially the chosen ones in some sense. Like they had like the binding powers that connect magic and the human world in some weird way. Okay. There's some detailed explanation. It's pretty convoluted. Yeah, it's hard to explain and I actually don't really have it memorized. So bear with me. But essentially you find out that the church is corrupt. They killed Little Red's mother Mm -hmm. and the werewolf is actually the woodsman you meet in the beginning. He's like the carpenter boy. Ah, okay. He's actually list. Yeah. He's little red's friend from the beginning. Cool. Very anime. Yeah. Very anime. And then the reason you don't kill him in the beginning is that she finds out, but you don't see it in his ending until you find the ending where you either play as the werewolf or you find the other ending where the werewolf actually does come in and save you from the priest that you fight at the very end of one. of the Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is what is like the overall conclusion to the to the story? So after the recent updates, originally the conclusion was you find out that the werewolf is actually your friend. Yep. The priest is corrupt, and that your grandmother has been possessed by the spirit of another werewolf, who's actually the werewolf's father, but it's his vengeful spirit, almost like a, a revenant of some sort. Okay. And he's come down, he's possessed the grandmother, because the grandmother was going to exact revenge on the priest in the church okay. during the storyline. Yeah, it's a little convoluted. No, it seems normal. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, they killed your daughter. What else are you going to do? Go, like, pick Jerry's? No, you're going to go Wait, burn down the church. Who whose daughter died? Uh, the grandmother. So, Little Red's mother died. Ah, mm-hmm. and why did she die? She was killed by the church for some reason. Ah, um, right, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. It's because she has, like, magical powers, essentially. Like, that family has, like, a magical bloodline, and the church is like, we hold all the magical powers so we can cure the folks of their monsterism. That's the other thing. Um, People catch a disease that turns them into monsters, too, and they end up in the forest. Okay, interesting. So these are, like, just aspects of the game, but the overall ending is that it finds out that not only is the church evil, but you also realize that the forest has become corrupt because the spirit, the forest spirit that lives below has been corrupted by all this, like, what's it called? Uh, greed from the church and all these, mm. like, sinful behaviors of the people. Oh, and, kind of like a Princess Mononoke. Something like that, yeah. I think that's the plot. Yeah, that yeah. movie. I don't actually remember that movie very much. I watched it really young. Isn't it about, like, pollution tra- and then, like, the god of the forest yeah, gets I was a, corrupted? Yeah, I was a bit traumatized, honestly, because I really? watched it very young, and it was just like, oh. Oh, it is pretty freaky. Yeah. The scene with, like, the giant boar that gets, like, all wormy. Yeah, and then yeah. the... Four spirit gets his head chopped off. Oh yeah, that was fucking brutal. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Beautifully animated, but wild as fuck for a kid to watch. True. It's funny because like as a kid growing up, my parents were like, "Oh, Totoro, great." Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this is a great movie. It's Studio Ghibli and it's cartoons. No, it's not. Right. Even like Nausicaa was like pretty hardcore. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? The one about like the nuclear war one? The one like post Japan oh, grave- graveyard of the fireflies. Yeah, that's yeah. heavy, and that's stuff like as a kid kind of goes over your head. But like I would be at like friends' 
uh, houses, and I'd be like five, and like their three year old and babies are sitting there watching Princess Mononoke and Grave of the Fireflies. Right, yeah. I'm like, what are we watching? Yeah. Like as an adult, I'm like stuff. this is heavy shit. Right. But yeah, I mean, those are some of the prompts. Did any of those catch your interest in turning into like a D and D adventure by chance? So, how would you want to go about this? Like, is it the just the concept of the time loop that is pulling you, or is it more kind of like the setting? I think it's both. I like time loop and setting. Like, we don't have to use the exact characters in that world. We don't even have to do Little Red Riding Hood, but I yeah. like time loops with constantly changing endings that maybe we could play in a one-shot. So, like, hmm. almost like Obstacle 1 is one of the time loops, Obstacle 2 is another time loop, and Obstacle yeah. 3 is the final time loop. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be, like, really quick, punchy, kind of, like, jumping through the same narrative. Yeah, and I want to know how you would approach... um presenting that to your players because i've done it once with you but it always seems very hard to let them know something has gone wrong with the timeline kind of thing that always seems like a hard way to like convince your players without just being like yeah time's fucked up guys yeah 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 i'm the timekeeper yeah but i mean that's essentially some of the stuff i'm playing with but do you have any ideas how you would approach that whole like presenting time change without actually doing it so in terms of like overall narrative structure of like the plot hook is that the timeline is fucked up mm-hmm. yeah it is it's kind of difficult i mean it kind of depends on what the conflict is right because mm-hmm. i think it's simple enough it depends on your players but you can kind of just say well look at this guy who you saw before and now he's older and it's like kind of clear like oh, okay well clearly time has progressed yeah but I, I mean, I mean, like, you can do like the fairly odd, fairly, fairly odd. Is it fairly odd parents or fairly odd parents? Fairly odd parents is the Nickelodeon show with Timmy Turner. Yeah. Okay. But do you remember the episode where I think he like he wishes he does some wish where it ruins the future and then like his dad goes insane. Oh, oh. something like he lost a trophy or something. Yeah. 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 His dad's trophy. Yeah. yeah. And then so and then you do the time skip where it's like, oh well, now you know this character that I know is you know like flawed in some way okay okay that could be it i think it makes it pretty clear though i don't know like it really depends on what we're trying to achieve here well okay let me be a little bit more clear the thing i want to achieve is that each time they finish one storyline they come back to the exact same point because they haven't hit the correct ending oh okay that's tough Mm -hmm. i feel like in those kinds of move well let's let's think of like what has tried that before because mm-hmm. like i mean we've already brought up like edge of tomorrow groundhog day and do you know the plot of groundhog day i actually haven't seen it i don't i haven't seen it. i'm not gonna pretend i have okay. i was about to and i was like no i can't do it i've read the wiki that's something you've read you have yeah i've read the wiki why because i just do that with my free time instead of watching movies oh, okay it's faster <laughs> okay it only takes like 10 15 minutes and then i find out if i actually want to watch the movie i know a lot of people don't like that oh <laughs> yeah. that's crazy mm-hmm does, don't you usually just like, well, I don't want to watch it anymore. I know the plot. No, because then I know maybe this is like a control thing. But like when I want watch a movie, sometimes it gets too suspenseful for me. And I'm oh. like, I need to know what happens. I'll look up. It's like, oh, what happens to this character? Oh, it's OK. They die. They don't die. OK, I know now. I, like, I feel that. Yeah. I think recently I watched a movie called uh, All the Old Knives. The concept of the movie was here are two secret agents or FBI agents in united kingdom and it's like they're trying to talk to each other about what happened during this botched mission and i was just like 
okay, who the fuck is the actual spy? And I just looked at me like, okay, this guy's <laughs> the guy who fucked up. Okay, good. I'm good. Like, like into the movie, I was like, I can't deal with like an hour of suspense. Fuck this shit. I need to know. Interesting. Okay. I don't think they would have changed the movie. Like, like the first 20 minutes in, I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, truth be told, I don't really mind spoilers because it's like, well, even if I know how that movie ends up, it, it's not like it invalidates like any of the actual events of the movie. Yeah. And most of the times I watch a lot of movies like way after they've been out in theaters and people have been talking about it. So sure. like I saw the Avenger movie after everyone's already watched it. And I was like, oh, Tony Stark dies. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would really like spoil any parts of the movie also spoil alert iron man dies you can edit that back in so that people can <laughs> yeah pause the podcast and watch avengers really quick okay cool 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 all yeah, right make sure uh you have at least like three hours to listen to this podcast because you might need to watch avengers endgame yeah to understand the, the rest of this podcast right? right right okay well no just to avoid being spoiled okay that too um, anyways we were talking about how to imply that your players need to finish or you know Finish Correct the, the timeline. Right. Yeah, that's a Halo reference. Yeah, that's a Halo reference. For you, all you Halo fans out there. All yeah. you NASA engineers. Yeah, people who like space. Yep. We know you out there, Richard. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> um, cool throwbacks to episode two. Three and four. A lot a lot of episodes about Richard liking space. True. No, you, you, no okay. That last episode you're talking about, like, oh, how can I offend Richard? It's like, yeah. oh, maybe you can talk shit about space. That'd probably do it, too. Okay. Yeah. He is a passionate, passionate young lad. Yeah. I guess the question is also, like, is this actually, like, time-related, right? Like, is it just, like, you're stuck in a loop and there's no actual time travel? Right, right. I'm imagining, like, um, you know, in a lot of games, they do a sequence where it's, like, you exit the room and then you end up back at the entrance of the room and Mm -hmm. then you have to, like, do something to, like, trigger a flag and then you can exit the room. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can do something like that where it's kind of, like, you just have to present to them the problem, Mm. which I guess is obvious you can just say that but depending on how you want to portray it like maybe you know something is something in the scene is like missing uh you know like there's an obvious hole where something is missing or it like a character is missing that is established okay previously why not let's just play with the setting and the story of the game itself that already exists like the little red riding hood and also the idea of this like weirdly grim fairy tale like i guess as a player would you want like an npc like little red riding hood being there and then just kind of like working with them to solve the mystery of this world i kind of like that it sounds kind of fun to tackle a sort of like character resolution Mm -hmm. along with the story resolution yeah because if you're if you're doing it from a sort of like oh here's my dnpc Mm -hmm. and you need to do whatever she wants to do in order to kind of like break this loop that mm-hmm. you've established. Yeah, that might be fun because at that point it's pretty easy to just be like, oh, well, I am. I don't know what, what do little girls worry about. Periods? No. Bro, same. what the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'll edit that out. Um, Great. Just... Barbie dolls? No? What the fuck, <laughs> man? You said periods? Jesus. <laughs> What other options are there? Uh, what else do little girls worry about? Uh, well, are we committing to this idea? Like, I imagine it would kind of be something like there is something that's kind of holding her back mentally, like that's making her withdrawn. I'm just, I'm kind of parsing my words before I say them to make sure that I'm not referencing menstruation in some way. 
you're trying to make this stay, aren't you? Fuck this. <laughs> I can't cut it out anymore. Right. Something that maybe is blocking her flow of <laughs> consciousness. And then, you know, by like resolving some kind of physical roadblock, it also resolves the mental roadblock. I don't know if that's true. I actually, <laughs> I talk a lot about how in like games and anime, it's really annoying when it's just like, here's the boss fight. Oh, you beat the boss. Congratulations. Now you've also resolved this character's arc. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe we can do it well. Maybe the way the story or this game works, or this this particular game works, is going to be you have to make Little Red realize something during these timeline loops. And each time you make her realize something more, the story will progress in a different way because she's somehow maintaining the memory. Oh, maybe that's how this works. Um, Little Red is the like magical catalyst MacGuffin that mm-hmm. constantly resets the world because she hits like a traumatic event. And then it pulls herself back like a day. And she's like, oh, huh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's, this is reminding me of two things that I want to talk about. Uh, one is this is literally Endless 8 from Suzumiya Haruhi. Well, because in that, so the the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya is an anime about like this girl who is basically God, like the world literally revolves around her. And so right. she, so she kind of like instantiates things into reality by believing in them. And in that endless eight arc, because she's essentially God, she doesn't want summer to end. So she doesn't do her homework. And then every time summer is about to end, she resets the timeline. Right. But it's like, she's resetting it because like she, it's her will, right? Like she doesn't mm-hmm. want it to end. And so summer doesn't end. So they like, they repeat that time loop over and over again. Yeah. So they repeat like the same eight days or five days or something yeah man that's so nostalgic like i remember his ha- melancholy of haru suzumiya was like one of my re-entry points into the anime world in yeah. high school same yeah it was really good i liked it a lot the dance yeah. is super popular too yeah so 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 the concept of that it's called endless eight because there's eight episodes and the eight episodes portray the characters being stuck in this loop mm-hmm. but they kind of did like the greatest prank of all time where <laughs> yeah. every single episode is literally the same plot. Yes. And it's just kind of like, there might be like one scene that's slightly different. And then maybe the main character goes like, huh, that's weird in one scene. But then like, fundamentally, the rest of the scenes are the exact same scenes. Yeah. In every single episode. With like minor changes, like different like outfits. Maybe they're wearing like some different masks. And it's like, yeah. oh, deja vu? Right. And then he says the same lines, like, oh, I didn't finish my homework. And then time resets. Yeah. It's crazy. It was like the, like, as a kid watching it, I was just like, why did I just watch, like, is something, like, is this broken? Right. I respect the artistic vision because it's originally a novel, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, well, how do we, pour- I actually, I don't know how the novel does it, but um, yeah, basically I got baited into watching like 240 minutes of the exact same shit. Yeah. And every time I was just like, but there could be something different in the episode. And there never was. There were some slight differences. Yeah, but not to make it worth suffering through that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, like, after watching, I was like, fuck, I watched, like, well, I, I guess I watched seven episodes, and I was like, I just wasted so much time. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure what happened to me was I was, like, seven episodes in or something, and then it was just, like, sunk cost fallacy. I was like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'm six in, might as well watch the seventh. But then I actually gave up before the last one. Damn, right at the end. Um, Yeah. You're right at the finish line. Something was about to change. Right. Uh, yeah, and I'll never know. So this is me, open letter to Aniplex. Fuck you. <laughs> Give me my time back. Yeah, please reset my time back to the beginning of Endless 8. Right. Um, uh, anyways, so that's one thing. Another okay. thing, Um, this is like sort of a rant. 
Um, Rant away. So the same thing actually happens in Xenoblade 3, which is a game I finished recently. Mm, yes. Um, so there was this point in the story that I really didn't like. Spoilers for Xenoblade 3, by the way. If you uh, have 100 hours, you should you can go finish that game before I spoil you. <laughs> and, then you can, and then you can resume the rest of the podcast. Uh, but anyways, that's not the point. The whole concept is that uh, you are stuck in basically like a simulated world that there is this kind of supercomputer that is supposed to prevent like the mass death of two worlds worth of people um because it's like two worlds are kind of like on a collision course to collide uh and there's like a supercomputer that's supposed to kind of like uh recreate all of the aspects of the two worlds into like a new world so it'll like destroy everything break it down to its base components and then like recreate everything but um, recycling yeah exactly okay um but instead of that happening, um, there's like sort of this. I actually kind of don't remember if it's like an actual person or if it's just like the manifestation of like the will of people. Okay. But basically, like the villain is a guy who's like, you don't know what's going to happen if you let this supercomputer do this thing. <laughs> we should just like stay in, in this world forever and just like kind of repeat this process over and over again. So like he's kind huh. of like preventing time from progressing okay because he wants to stay in the present instead of you know like like embracing change um there's there's like a lot of like very heavy-handed political allegories yeah i was gonna Um, say (laughs) honestly it's really funny because the whole game is kind of just like maybe we should make a team of six super powerful children and kill politicians (laughs) oh okay (laughs) um and just fucking merc politicians anyways so my rant is there's a point in the story where you meet the future version of the main character and then you find out that the main characters are actually just like fragments of these other versions of themselves okay that were born from like their regret from making the wrong decision and so what you basically find out is that your like original self was just like the galaxy's hugest fuckboy oh okay and he was like well i don't want the world to progress because I want to be with you forever. Uh, you being Mio, who is like the other party member. Huh. So it's like Noah and Mio, and then like Noah basically like becomes this evil entity because he wants to be with this girl forever, but the girl wants to just like pass on. Oh, okay. Um, so he kind of like brings her back from the dead, and then like is just oh. like we're gonna be together forever now. Oh, okay. Which is the point where I kind of checked out because I was just <laughs> like, well, let's kind of unsatisfying yeah their big reveal is that you are a fuck boy yeah it's about love right his romance his tie right. for his passion for this girl yeah but it's like actually misguided and then like you're the thing that you think is love is actually just selfishness wait so is the fuck boy though going back to xenoblade chronicles the guy who just like knocks up three girls and in the picture like standing no 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 that's rex okay and he wrecks three girls. Oh, man. I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not we should explain this. Okay. I mean, we've already here. You might as well. Okay, so in Xenoblade 2, a lot of people kind of gave it flack because it's basically like a harem anime, the JRPG, where it's like... With a Shoto, too, as the main character. Yeah, it's like some, like... He's really young. He's like 13 or something. Yeah. So there's like this 13-year-old boy, and he has two sword girls in mm-hmm. his party who are in love with him, who are, like, the split personality of a third sword girl. 
And then there's also like another cat girl who is like actually also a sword girl. Anyways, at the end of Xenoblade 3, they revealed that there's a picture of like the whole party of Xenoblade 2 posing. And then it's like Rex standing behind the three sword girls and they're all holding babies like newborn babies like wrapped up in cloth and it kind of implies that like he fucked them all on the same night and then they carried their pregnancies to full term yep um and i'm just like wow this is a cool message for a nintendo game that kids play (laughs) yeah just orgies and harems are great yeah do it yeah polygamy that'll work out yeah just impregnate three girls at the same time yeah as long as they're swords it's fine right um sure i don't really know how that works no it's not part of the horror is just like i thought they were swords why can they get pregnant (laughs) oh yeah oh man anyways i'm sure they'll explain it in a song or something (laughs) okay so you brought up two specific tangents harley suzumiya and xenoblade chronicles how does this tie back into what we're doing okay so harley suzumiya i wanted to bring up god damn that was a long tangent yeah so i wanted to bring up that it's a cool concept that the looping of time can be caused by you know like the will of someone not wanting something to end Mm -hmm. and maybe kind of like allowing them to find fulfillment is what kind of resets the whole loop yes which i kind of like yeah and then i brought up xenoblade 3 because uh the story of your character actually being just the uh manifestation of like the worst nice guy energy ever um just bothered me a lot Wait, what? Wait, where'd that go and from? I, I just wanted to vent about it. <laughs> okay. That's it. Okay. Just like randomly, I just wanted to throw a dig at freaking Xenoblade. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we can incorporate nice guy energy into this somehow. That would be a really funny villain. Yeah. This would just be like Fedora tipping, neckbeard having. Sword cane wielding. Ooh, sword cane. That's really cringe. Yeah. Like long trench coat. Right boots yep combat boots anything else i need to add in here we we set with like the final villain design already that's good okay so that's the character so is the storyline that we're making here then that for some reason this character is giving off mad nice guy energies for little red who i guess will age up to be not (laughs) (laughs) i mean it fits the lore it does. It fits the nice guy lore. Yeah. But I also, let's avoid, we've we've done a pretty good job of avoiding talking about pedophilia on this <laughs> podcast so far. I mean, at least I think. Uh, Maybe I, the yeah. fact that we have to bring it up means we're not doing a good job at all. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of the original story of Little Red, right? Like, the wolf is supposed to represent the dangers of the world and is that, oh, okay. isn't that like how like the actual like moral standpoint is? Is it? I don't remember. Um. Yeah. Maybe it's something about sh- Stranger Danger. Yeah. I think. I feel like it's about Stranger Danger. I don't know. You guys can look it up and tell us. Tweet us at one shot at a time. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know if Red Little Red Riding Hood is about pedophilia. Yeah. Hopefully not. I hope it's not. Yeah. But I just, mean, it was written a long time ago. Yeah. It's actually just about gilfs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that took it too far. Never mind. Okay. We'll cut, that. we'll cut that. We'll cut that. We'll cut that. Anyways. Yeah, so maybe we can incorporate, like, a nice guy character. Maybe he could be the wolf in the storyline, and he's maybe, like, puppeteering things behind the scenes and doing something... I don't want to say doing something weird with a grandma, but, like, maybe he's, like, kidnapped her or whatnot, and Little Red's hitting, like, some weird traumatic thing and then coming back and, like, trying to fix it, and she doesn't know it. She just knows that something happens and then she has to come back. 
and then she comes back. And then you as the players are kind of just randomly trapped in this time loop for some reason in this forest. Let me start by saying that I like the idea. And let me follow that by saying I'm tired as fuck. And I was thinking about my own idea. And honestly, I really didn't hear a lot of that. Okay, what's your idea first? So this isn't, it's not nice guy necessarily. (laughs) But I don't know if it would be cool or distasteful. But it might be interesting to tackle the sort of like, like being stuck in an abusive relationship. Okay. Sort of angle. Not necessarily like making that the plot, mm-hmm. but sort of like that sort of like, um, like mental, like helplessness, I guess, mm. might be what is preventing her from like moving on in time and also like literally moving on from this sort of like abuse. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think how that would work. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like she is this villain's girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could just kind of like emulate the power uh, dynamic mm-hmm. by having it be something like uh, we could do the anime cop out where it's like she's a soldier and he is the commander, but she doesn't actually want to be a soldier. Something, something, 3,000-year-old dragon. I mean, the main Night of the Full Moon storyline does have, like, a church thing, so it could be, like, a religious leader and the character's, like, some nun or something. I think that's actually one of the classes, too. They have, like, a cleric. Yeah, and then Richard will love that. (laughs) So I think we're hitting all of our our requirements here. And she can just secretly be a vampire, and everything will work out. Yeah, okay. And this all takes place in space, right? Sure. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the episode where we just make the ultimate fanfic for our most loyal listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a space vampire nun who's in an abusive relationship with uh like a like a high member of this religious cult, maybe like a priest of some sort, mm-hmm. which I feel like is actually what Richard's game was about in some extent. Really? Yeah. I I don't want to spoil it, but you guys should check out at snizik underscore art at instagram okay great if we shout him out then it's not patronizing yeah yeah it's actually really well drawn i actually think he has some really good art it is very not safe for work well it depends on where you work yeah it depends where you work and also depends on like what you consider not safe so you know whatever sure yeah i mean there's no direct exposure of body parts i guess is what i want to say okay it's just like very like you see any nips no nips, yeah. What about like nips poking through clothes? No. Sometimes, sometimes anime can get away with that. No, just a lot of side boob is okay. what it's done. I think it's really, I do think it's Yeah, really I would say well that's drawn. not safe for work. Okay, fire. Okay, so it's not <laughs> safe for work. We've confirmed that. We've spent five minutes talking about it. Sure. Um, Richard, please tag that and make sure you everyone knows. Um, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, like. What the fuck were we talking about? I don't know. I don't know Hold anymore. on, hold on, hold on. I got it. I got it. Uh... Yep, nuns and the church. Yeah. Oh, great. So we wanted... She's being bound by the by the church. Yeah, so we wanted to set up, like, maybe a storyline where this character is in an abusive relationship, and you as the characters have to help get her out of it, and then at a certain point in time, it constantly reset. Right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She I think forces the reset. Not necessarily an abusive relationship, but I think there's a lot of um, dynamics that mimic that sort of, like being stuck Mm -hmm. because you don't necessarily like the situation but trying to break free of it is sort of like more daunting to you Mm. so it's kind of like you choose the self-preservation of just bearing with a shitty situation okay okay 
So how can we like set up this world and this introduction to the characters to let them know this is the hook they're dealing with? And I guess like how this kind of gets resolved because it's clear that Little Red or the nun character that we created in this scenario is mm-hmm. dealing with something that she wants to escape from, but the ability to escape from it is very difficult. So maybe like the ties of the church and the relationship in the communities that it brings to it, or like I guess this cult specifically, mm-hmm. brings to her is something very like welcoming. Like, I don't want to just say, like, oh, your grandmother's been kidnapped and we won't let her go kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it would be something more like, um, I don't want this to sound insensitive because I know there's, like, people who do go through this with, like, sort of cults or, you know, like, extreme religious upbringings. Mm-hmm. But, like, in a sense, sometimes you are sort of, like, prisoner to a set of beliefs where it sort of is oppressive but it's all you know and like leaving a you know cult for example also means like leaving your like all of your known life behind Mm -hmm. and like sometimes that's too risky Mm -hmm. or you know like too daunting to want to do yeah so we could try to emulate that i think what this hinges on is is kind of like what is the tie that keeps uh our big red riding hood character (laughs) <laughs> who's 18 plus he, who's what, a nun and a vampire sure yeah so i mean what what is it that like links her to the looping right mm-hmm. like is there some kind of like like a physical like manifestation of whatever the sort of mental block is yeah I like, think... what's her significance in the story sorry she... i keep cutting you off no 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 it's fine it's great um i love getting cut off constantly nice yeah just pieces of me everywhere no uh that doesn't make any sense this is my last resort suffocation (gasps) oh (laughs) that's what you would do in space yeah clearly maybe this does take place in space i mean would it it work i mean technically like every planet takes place in space okay man (laughs) 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 actually all right nice guy uh freaking tips your fedora at me milady oh jeez, malady (laughs) malady that's an enemy in maple story yeah, it's yeah. also just a word. It is it? Really? Is yeah, it? it means like sickness. I thought it was malaise. Uh, no, it's like an I thing. No, M A L A I S E. Yeah, that's. Oh, is that is that does it also mean sickness? I thought it was like maybe I'm confusing well, like it with weakness. I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, malady is also it's like a sickness or like an like an illness. Okay, cool. Yeah, the more you know. Yeah, not everything is just like a video game thing. Sometimes uh. real words are just words. <laughs> True. That makes more sense. Or But I mean, to be fair, like, I also learn all of my shit from World of Warcraft. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't say shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, In so, the late. I think... That's a word I learned from World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just getting cut off and now suffocating. Great. Okay. So we need to figure out what's tying her here and what that like block is and maybe we could try i don't i don't have any like personal experience with this so this hopefully this doesn't come off insensitive but maybe there is a breaking point that um big red has to go through i just think about the chewing gum yeah no, the candy. yeah um but red has to go through what's call him red like now i just think about pokemon fuck um, mm, true yeah but either way like there's one event that goes always through the timeline and you're trying to prevent it or maybe fix the time the the loops each time so we'll say that red is part of the church at some point she experiences she shows the stain for where or red is at the cult 
she shows disdain for her position there. And at the end, maybe she tries to stab the leader of the cult, which could be her grandmother of some sort. Mm -hmm. And then when she kills her, she realizes what she did. And then she forces herself to loop back to where she is. And maybe like different iterations is like different ways of her trying to escape until she finds the one that like is the correct path for her. Maybe the correct path is just that she has to be open with the people that she's trying to leave with and like yeah, be yeah. honest with herself. Like, no, I don't want to stay here in this cult. I want to leave and go off into the world and do my own thing. Um, whatever yeah. So, be. right. I think ideally um, the, the whole setup would be considering this is going to be like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. You would need to have it, not only be sort of narratively interactable, so like the party can kind of like influence Big Red, or uh, like either by like speaking to her and kind of like probing out what exactly is going on in the overall narrative, and mm -hmm. also like to be able to like physically influence the like chain of actions that happen by you know fighting dudes or you know. Yeah, this is definitely one of the situations where I wish we had someone who actually has like a personal experience with this because now we're kind of stepping into territory where we're like this is just our like preconception of what the ideas yeah. these the people do to get out of these situations which is getting in a little bit dangerous territories but bear yeah with but us. we don't need to kind of like step on too many toes here uh mm -hmm. it's just kind of like the the base idea is like this character is being held back uh like kind of mentally emotionally by sort of like a resistance to change yeah and and obviously like it looks like positive change but to her it's mm. you know it's like very scary so is i i want to get this clear and like ironed out first is the cult itself evil or is it just a representation of what she doesn't want to leave we can take it both ways uh, can we <laughs> well i mean because it doesn't necessarily have to be like a literal cult right yeah like it can just be some kind of organization that is sort of morally gray okay but the question is is there like a cool idea for that scientology that's more leaning on the cult side <laughs> okay thanks um what's a morally gray organization um that we have in our modern day society that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis uh just like all, all of them <laughs> okay cool that doesn't make things any easier yeah like i don't even know if i necessarily like the idea of emulating a real organization maybe like because it doesn't necessarily even have to be like a literal cult slash organization right well i'm just using it as like a reference point to jump off of because like i'm trying to figure out what we're dealing with so i can kind of get in the mindset of what we're building to go forth right yeah there's definitely like way too much that's not filled in but i think we have a good concept of like well so the thing that's missing for me before we kind of dive in and then flesh the rest of this out is like how does the party find out that this character is the source of it um because there kind of has there has to be some kind of moment that links her sort of like personal um, like uh thoughts with the overall flow of whatever is happening here i don't know if it's time or just location based yeah so i'm thinking of two approaches the first one is that your characters have already been experiencing this time loop and they're here to investigate it they were sent here particularly to hmm. solve this problem right okay, i like that so that's one they're like investigators they're sent by a guild fantasy shit space station whatever yeah or the other option is that they just happen to stumble upon it and then they 
immediately experience a flashback and then the flashback takes them to the point where the girl is because hmm. she instinctively is calling for help but from some people that she doesn't know in this hmm. particular region and since it's a small village maybe or wherever this is taking place she knows most of the people here so as soon as someone new enters the field she brings them as close to her like unconsciously but to solve the problem so like you as the characters experience a flashback you just see it's like, oh, you're walking through a forest and then you come upon a village, you're eating some food, and then suddenly everything turns gray or white or dark, and then you are in a forest and you see this young girl in front mm-hmm. of you at a fire. Boom. Yeah, I like this idea that she's kind of pulling things into a maybe like alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that, but sort of like pulling things into her world mm-hmm. where maybe she's kind of just like trying to preserve everything. Yeah. And maybe, like, breaking the loop, so to speak, is, like, also kind of freeing yourselves so that you, there's sort of, like, a motivation of, like, well, here's our stakes mm-hmm. as the party. And then also you can kind of, like, choose how you want to deal with this. Because I guess the kind of, this kind of makes her the villain, right? It can um, be, yeah. In a way, yeah. Like, it's kind of victim of circumstance, but mm-hmm. you kind of get to choose, like, how you want to deal with the antagonist. Yes, which then I guess gives us like a little more free reign to kind of play with like whatever this organization is, if there even is one. It might not be real. It could just be a representation of her fear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Our idea here is that Party gets sent on just to investigate some kind of, I don't know if you want to even mention to them that it's like anomalous in any way, kind of mm. just be like, oh, there's a series of disappearances and then we think it's maybe like, you know, monster attacks or something. Mm-hmm. And then you go there. As you're sort of investigating, maybe like you do encounter like some kind of monsters. Maybe they're even like uh, like phase beasts or something. Yeah, it could be. Dimensional so, spiders or something, yeah. Yeah, so there's kind of like that uh, thread of like, oh, okay, there's like some weird dimensional leaping shit going on here. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you're kind of like pulled into this world where, where Big Red is kind of like the center of everything. <laughs> and I don't know, like... Just a Big Red Sun. Right, yeah. Um, oh, Big Red Moon. Big Red Sun. Won't you? Anyways. Is that um, a song too? Yeah, okay, cool. I like black it. Black Hole Sun. Okay. Uh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Three for a loop. My bad. Man, this is territory where it's like, it feels so unoriginal because everything that I think of, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got this from like an anime or something. That's fine. Um, that's how this whole podcast works. That's true. We literally just talked about Haru Mia and the entire storyline has been based off a game I just played. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's really true. <laughs> I'm... Now I'm wondering, like, where this is from, but I'm pretty sure I've seen this in something before where, like, the concept here that I have is, like, this world is basically a simulation that is created by sort of, like, in this case, a girl who is trapped, like, Mm -hmm. both physically and sort of emotionally. Okay. But she has, like, a self-insert character, Mm. like an avatar, basically, that interacts with you in this sort of simulated world. Okay, okay. And so the goal is kind of, like, you need to kind of help her overcome her mental roadblocks and then you can like find her physical vessel. Okay. And then free yourselves. Oh, okay. So you're looking for the MacGuffin at the end, which is essentially her. Right. And her finding herself. Which yeah. maybe is the overall plot. And that's the moral thing. It's like, oh. Yeah, finding yourself. Yeah, you, once you find yourself, because that's so easy. Right. He, well, I guess it's not because you have to go through a whole adventure of it. Yeah. And then figure out. And... Like, I want to flesh out Red a bit more on, like, what she's looking for and what she's trying to figure out to really break herself 
out of that shell and like mm-hmm. these these chains that bind her. Do we want to play into like maybe it's like some kind of parental thing? Maybe she feels like she has this weight and owe to her grandmother, and that's an aspect that she's playing. on? Oh yeah, that would be a cool way to incorporate the yeah. sort of little Red Riding Hood lore. It's almost like she has this like familial bond that she has to do out of like obligation uh, obligation yeah. yeah exactly to her grandmother but her grandmother is like no you should go and experience the world and it's like this weird like back and ah, forth okay yeah 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 like i do like the idea that it's like the grandmother wants her to be free basically mm-hmm. um but she and i guess it's like you know the grandmother is probably dying but she and she's keeping her grandmother from dying and that's what's happening maybe Ah, and that's why everything's frozen. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it's like she's reliving the moment her grandmother dies. And every time she dies, she resets it back to the day before. Yeah. Maybe? I feel like this podcast has ruined me because I can't <laughs> say the word frozen without just like the Undertaker. Why does it remind me of the Undertaker? <laughs> but yeah, no, I like that idea a lot. Okay. Okay. So that's the hook and overall storyline we have here. Yeah. And the trauma that red is going through which is kind of like i wonder how she would explain that to the characters when they first meet because they would definitely interact with red quite often so how does she bring that to the attention without just being like i can't leave because i owe my grandmother like i don't think she would be that forward right yeah no this is really giving me like sort of horror movie vibes where like she talks about her grandmother a lot, but, like, you're not allowed to see her. Mm. And then if you eventually do kind of, like, break into the room she's in mm. or, um, I don't know, like, confront Big Red about it or something, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find out that, like, the grandma wants to move on. I like the idea that the grandmother is always referenced to but never seen. Yeah. Because that's pretty similar to how the game kind of works, too, until, like, the very end. Oh, oh the, the your mobile game. Yeah, the okay. Night of the Full Moon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is also on Steam. Yeah, you guys should all try it. It's actually really fun. Cool. Anyways, I think it's time we bring up the sponsor for this episode. Yeah. Big Red. <laughs> Big Red. Checking in. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I don't Family know. Guy. Yeah. Oh, you knew the reference. Yeah, we like... Holy cow. We like references on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Family Guy. Great topical references. Why do you know that reference specifically? I mean, we grew up watching a lot of the same shit. That's fair. Yeah. Anyways... What does Red know? Like, what? how does Red approach the characters? Because obviously she's dealing with the idea of she's obligated to her grandmother and doesn't want her to leave, doesn't want to leave. And also probably not wanting her to die either. Yeah, so what it sounds like then is kind of like the logical next step in this is that uh, the heroes, or the adventurers of the party is pulled into this world because they're on their way to stop her. Mm. Um, because I guess... Would it be like a time thing or would it kind of just be like maybe like the area is frozen in time or something? There's It's kind of just like a localized effect and then people are like, go check that out. Yeah, maybe this village disappeared and there's like this giant oh. black sphere around it or something. Yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. So you're sent to investigate that and then as you kind of like get close to breaching it, you're pulled into it. Mm-hmm. And then I think it would be kind of fun to basically be like, you're pulled into this world and you're like not really sure what it is, but it resembles the village that you were told about mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, like whatever debriefing you got. And it kind of turns into like this little role play moment where basically you just kind of have to answer to the whims of this little girl. Yeah. So maybe that's how the story starts. It's like once you get pulled in because the game's like night of the full moon, it'll be like nighttime and then the full moon's up. 
and he's just like constantly there. Sure, yes, there. that's great callbacks to the game. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're introduced to like... I think it'd be great if we could incorporate the night as well as the full moon. Yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> See, I, I try my best. I, I, I improv, I think back. So when you enter the storyline at the beginning, the hook, you see little... I don't think you should see Little Red. You should just Who's suddenly... Little get, Red? Oh, I'm sorry. Big Red. <laughs> you're right. Big Thank Red. You. Legal purposes. You don't see Big Red. You enter the storyline and you're attacked by monsters in the world. The Right. Maybe some wolves, something local, something easy. Maybe like phase spiders or phase beasts, like you said. Mm-hmm. Adjust the CR appropriately for your characters. As always. As always. Maybe um, we're thinking level 10... No, I'm thinking probably, like, level 5, actually. Okay, no, I was just a joke, because, like, almost every episode, we're like, I'm thinking, like, level 10. No, yeah. No, this one, I think, like, level 5 to 3 would be fun. Yeah, kind oh. of, like, um, keep that sort of horror-esque pacing, where it's, exactly. like, you're, like, kind of not as powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it gives you kind of a need for Big Red to show up to help you, because maybe you're fighting these monsters, and you're doing decently, but they're starting to having an overwhelming amount, and then sh- some reason... This character shows up and clears them out with you, mm-hmm. and then you have this like back and forth about like, oh, what's going on with the all these monsters? Maybe, and she kind of explains that this world, like on full moons, for some reason, there's been like an increase in monsters, and those monsters are maybe her own demons that she's dealing with, trying to keep her here because she's like, I need to protect my grandmother from right. these monsters. Yeah, I need to keep the wolves out in this sense, I guess. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of imagining it's like. You have the first encounter, and then, you know, you beat whatever monsters are there. After that, it seems like you're going to be able to, like, breach the sort of, like, dome, I guess, that this is going to be. And when you actually enter it, then you're kind of, like, pulled into another world. But Mm -hmm. maybe you're not aware of that at first. Yeah. I like how this has become, like, not really about, like, traveling through a bunch of different loops. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be you breaking the loop only once. Maybe. Yeah. Um... But anyways, so you get pulled into the dome, and then you see, like, you, you, maybe it's like you kind of wander into this, what appears to be like a ghost town, but Mm -hmm. um, then you find, like, the little girl. uh, The big girl. The big girl. Well, yeah. Okay. Should there be a little girl somewhere, too? I mean, I, well, because I'm kind of imagining, We're not doing the nice guy thing anymore, so it's fine. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because it kind of makes sense for it to be, like, you, because initially it's like, oh, okay, it's like this innocent little girl, like, what can we do to help her? Yeah. Um, And then if you probe her, then she'll, like kind of start okay now we gotta make a big girl oh, okay again. <laughs> if you yeah <laughs> if you Stupid. ask her yeah questions yeah in a non-sexual way yep um then she'll kind of start to reveal like uh what this place is mm-hmm. or i don't know if if that would even be revealed or touched upon but I, like i don't want her to reveal what this place is i don't think she would yeah. be the one who knows but i think she would just talk about her grandmother yeah i think she just tells you like hey the world's dangerous at night there's been an increase in monsters and i'm on a journey to collect firewood or maybe apples or soup or something to help my grand my ailing grandmother right, that's what right. you'll hear okay yeah 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 i'm imagining this um from like kind of a zoomed out perspective here mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, are there sort of, like, hooks that would send the party to do other things for this girl besides just kind of being like, come help my grandmother, you know? Because, like, I I imagine there would probably be situations where, well, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, she, yeah, she's looking for something to help her grandma, right? Yeah, and I, I think this entire world and, like, could be like different aspects of her personality 
and help her get away. So maybe there could be like a clergyman, there could be like a huntsman, and there could be mm. a werewolf, and they all have different goals to help Big Red get out of this situation. Like they could offer different quest lines. It's like, hey, Little Red's looking for the apple in the forest that will cure her grandmother. But when she gets back, she always gets back too late and can't, and her grandmother's dead, and then hmm. time flashes back. But if you go and talk to maybe the clergyman, he'll be like, oh, maybe you need to go find these uh, sacred texts that contain maybe her diary. And it, that explains like, oh, she actually does want to go out in the world, but she f- explains a little bit more about her tie here to like mm. obligations. And then you accept other quests to figure out how to save Red from the situation they're in. I'm trying really hard not to say little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's a, kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place where like saying little red has weird connotations now, but saying big red sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah, just say red. Okay, so Ash um, it's okay. Yeah, well, not Ash Ketchum. It's like the cool version of Ash. Ketchum. Oh right, right, the one that actually wins. Right. Well, I guess we should explain it. So in in Pokemon, <laughs> there's sort of like a canon character who uh, I think like essentially like the first pokemon game is about Mm -hmm. the character named red who is like this ace trainer who just like fucks up all the gym leaders and the elite four and then like is a mega chad pokemon trainer yep and then in contrast to that ash kind of sucks and loses all the time right but he grows yeah and gets some badges also i think red does have a comic for pokemon it's super that must be where it's from yeah 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 anyways not relevant at all are we including um, Pokemon in this? Oh, wouldn't it be sick if this was set in the Pokemon oh, world? world? We all live <laughs> in a Pokemon. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. We're on a road to Radiant all right, all right, stop, 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 stop. All right, everybody, everybody fucking stop right now. <laughs> We're about to hit so many copyright strikes. Okay, but like, what do you think about the idea of having like different NPCs representing? Oh, yes. I was mind. actually, I think I was going to comment on what I really liked about that. Yeah. I think it would be cool to just have NPCs kind of, like, represent emotions. Yeah. So what emotions should we have in this? Because... Or maybe... I guess it would kind of be, like, negative emotions, right? Uh Uh-huh. So you might have, like, resentment. Yeah. Of kind of, like, hating that she has to do this. Yeah. Duty, maybe? I don't know. Um, well... Obligation? Yeah, well, I mean, resentment would kind of be that, right? Like, she she hates that... So, like, deep down, she hates that she has to so maybe because i want to break them up right so maybe hate is one of the emotions but you don't know why she hates right yeah 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 and then uh obligation kind of explains like i I don't know if obligation is a motion yeah well i'm thinking it would it would kind of be more like like maybe like one of them is hate one of them like hate for like kind of resent resenting the fact that her grandma is Mm -hmm. ailing or like that that she's the only one there to take care of her yeah um and then maybe uh like fear sort of like fear of loss yeah fear of change yeah um envy the need to explore the world outside but yeah being okay. unable to right in this metaphorical bubble that she's created for herself yeah and then do we need three's enough, three's right? enough yeah that's great yeah the rule of threes yeah three obstacles right three emotions three little pigs perfect all right we got this solid the lore is so consistent <laughs> okay so let's break down what the characters now have to go through and what they find out at each path of the emotion. So what do you think would represent resentment well in like a, maybe like a Little Red Riding Hood storyline? So what are we thinking is, is like the mechanics of this? Are these going to be NPCs that 
you have to like resolve like a mini quest line for or yeah i think so i don't know how much time the player would have i mean to be fair they've literally just gotten into this game at this point right 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 and you could probably cut it down your intro down but yeah i think like they would provide different quest lines to find key items maybe that explain the thoughts of little red like they could be like lost pages like in kingdom hearts they could be Mm -hmm. like maybe items that she has like she has like a map of the world and maybe it's supposed to represent her oh. search for the world yeah kingdom um, hearts also has maps yeah kingdom hearts also maps what else does kingdom hearts have i uh, don't know yeah tell me tell me more about kingdom i hearts. hate um her hate honestly we could probably just rip some shit from kingdom hearts and there would be like analogs for the three emotions that we chose oh yeah perfect right yeah what else can we rip from kingdom hearts a keyblade yeah there you go yeah uh mickey mouse oh yeah we can have mickey mouse yeah just... you know, sephiroth oh yeah cloud um yep all of those Squall? characters no his name's leon in this game yeah mm. okay all right we're just listing off kingdom hearts characters and we're not going anywhere so <laughs> let's actually do something right, right now um yeah i think they should be doing like mini quest lines that kind of go through like the emotions that someone would feel yeah and kind of like resolving them yeah like resolving them but the characters also feel them but understanding it and it's like okay right yeah or maybe maybe it's not necessarily resolving but kind of just like coming to terms with yeah it's like yeah. hey it's okay to feel resentment and that's just part of being a person it's okay to right. like kind of hate the situation you're in yeah. but like what are you going to do to get over it and it's like oh what the fear of change how are you going to deal with the fear it's like well sometimes these things happen you have to accept it like so it's like partially accepting and right. dealing with it as you go it sounds like there should be something kind of central to these three things that maybe they they act as sort of like keys to a door um, like as you fulfill the three, are we talking about Kingdom Hearts still? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I don't know enough lore about Kingdom Hearts to bullshit something, but something, something heartless. <laughs> and then the Keyblade is actually a key to a door into Riku's heart <laughs> that unlocks. Does that track the darkness? Yeah, sure. Nice. Clearly, we got this. Come at me, this. Disney. So I'm I'm imagining that the whole sort of arc of this one shot is going to be, um, like in terms of the encounters, it's going to be the first encounter outside of the dome. You finish that, you get pulled into the dome, and then there will be three mini encounters, uh, that are like the three emotions. Yeah, I'm just trying to track like where Red would be during each of these quest lines because maybe she blames one of the emotions each time, and she's like, oh, it's like my resentment that's what's causing it so and it's represented by like the priest or a clergyman and then maybe it's the woodsman that represents like my hatred and like maybe the right wolf represents my fear oh yeah we actually kind of have three good characters for this mm-hmm. well i mean the clergyman isn't technically in the original story but yeah that's fine yeah it's based on the game so yeah so yeah. there you go it works well so and then yeah so it would be you would kind of like you do whatever you're going to do with these three mm-hmm. characters and then at the end I'm kind of imagining that you, like, fight sort of, like, a manifestation of... The darkness within your hearts. Yeah, and then, like, the little girl kind of, like, becomes a monster, and then you kind of have to, like, quell that. Ah, yeah. um, In order to, like, get to the grandma, and then, like... This is literally just Kingdom Hearts right now. Is it really? (laughs) It feels like Okay, I mean, Kingdom Hearts story is convoluted as fuck, so if I can hit that within an hour, then... Cool, we did it. Call me a writer. All right, yeah, so I like that aspect. Yeah, I think we have something here... It's confusing. I don't think we've really ironed out a one-shot adventure, I'll be honest. Well, it sounds like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more you have to do with this. I, I like. 
I can't say this is finished at all, but I think there's something here. And we're tackling a very heavy topic, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're what we're missing fundamentally is is how the heck the, the three emotion NPCs play into it. Yeah. Not only that, but also like how the quest structure can portray that same emotion to the players. Right. Right. So they right. feel that too, because getting a player to feel resentment. I don't even know how you would do that. Oh, uh, well, I'm imagining it more like it's like a character that represents what, like, why she feels re- resentment, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe it is the clergyman, and it has to be some kind of arc about, like, why obligation is unfair and why we, like, why it kind of binds you mm. so maybe like it's something to do with um yeah because like i can think I from like know. a mechanical standpoint it's like oh you're gonna fight a bunch of chain monsters that like restrain you constantly oh, okay well that's that's some kingdom hearts ass logic <laughs> where it's just like fight a monster that looks like the thing <laughs> um yeah i mean maybe we maybe you just do the kingdom hearts it could be. I mean, that's that's maybe one of it. Maybe the hatred is like they just call, constantly call you a bitch for like five minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a bitch. And then it's like, fuck, man, I hate this. Yeah, man. This is definitely the kind of thing that you kind of have to sit down and then like really workshop. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're sitting down and workshopping it. And it's still hard. That's technically true. Uh, I mean, sometimes making adventures is just very difficult, especially when you want to tackle like a very difficult, like emotional topic and trying yeah. to find that answer. Because... Essentially, we're trying to give both the characters and Red, the NPC, the understanding of these heavy emotions in a one-hour game, or in a four-hour game, while also finding a way to, like, get through that, in a sense. Like, not completely, but to some level of accepting change, fear of death, and, like freeing yourself from obligations in, in a sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is like such a heavy thing to work with right right i don't know it's it's tough it's it's interesting but it's tough oh. yeah well i mean maybe this will serve as some inspiration yeah i would love to revisit this once again in the future it honestly kind of sounds like something that you could incorporate into like a full campaign where it's like because these are like these would be probably major like uh villain npcs right mm-hmm, yeah like each of them representing a negative emotion mm-hmm. that's kind of like tying this uh this like central character mm-hmm. big red and it, you would it would probably be a lot more sort of like this is the resentment villain and this mm-hmm. is his sort of ideology mm-hmm. and you are like coming to grips with that and you have to sort of decide like what the not resolution is but like how like the party feels in terms of like how they view it yeah maybe this is maybe they just like create a world around them that like everyone just starts resenting each other this is getting really tales of arise probably yeah well i mean (laughs) my idea is not necessarily that like it is it is like literally creating the emotion Mm -hmm. in people it's kind of more like their backstory embodies the same resentment that the that our big red feels right yeah so like like maybe maybe it's just like that he has the same sort of arc where like he feels like he's compelled to uh like serve his church or something if we're going with the clergyman example yeah or serve his king or whatever yeah 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 yeah. no i definitely see those being like options 
I think if like I was gonna give someone this, like, oh, I had to run an hour, someone just do something with this. I'm right. Like, okay. Um, you have to fight a werewolf, and he just hates everything, and he like screams like aspects of what Red's really thinking, maybe. Yeah. And, like, they yeah, echo yeah. her thoughts, and as you hit them, and they reveal more information. Maybe that's how you would do it. Right. I don't know. It's this is tough. in this in this case, it's it's kind of one of those things where. It's not even necessary that you really need to reveal that this is like thematically what they represent because mm-hmm. it could just kind of be like here's three NPCs and you need to resolve their problems and yeah. then once you do that then it's all revealed to you that this is actually like a fake world. Yeah. Yeah. And the storyline could just be like Red's like I blame these three things for causing stuff to my grandmother and you're like sent off to quest after them or something maybe. Right, right. That could be how it's done. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, hey, that's our show for today uh i don't think we really built a one shot this time around i think there's a lot there though that you can maybe use yeah i think there's ideas here and i would love to play with this again myself and really flush it out i really like the concepts that are here and it's a much more emotional storytelling than what we usually have yeah it's yeah this is this is difficult content not only to design here but also like it's pretty hard to pick up and just run with right because you need to kind of invest a lot. Yeah. Not it, not just like time-wise, but like it, you need like sort of emotional investment into this. Yeah, and it's very hard to emotionally invest into a character within four hours that you built maybe like a night before while eating pizza. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Could be nice. Yeah, inspiration for, like we said, a longer, longer campaign, campaign or something. If yeah. if you would do us the honors of of using our kingdom hearts inspired idea yeah if you do um tweet us at one shot at a time you can also email us at one shot at a time cast at gmail.com as always my name is daniel Locke. i'm your forever dm i'm daniel lee your online dating guru <laughs> okay uh, i can't wait for those advice columns in the future if you like the episode leave us a review on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you listen giving us five stars really helps as always please let your friends know what this podcast is Clearly, we don't always finish one-shot adventures. We don't always make everything happen, but that's also life, you know? Sometimes things just be like that. But let them know if they like D&D stuff, and maybe they'll like us too. Word of mouth really helps because we don't pay to advertise this, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Life Not just everything doesn't... can be so simple and clean. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.